Hi everyone, welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my co-host and husband Jeremy and today we are talking to Rick. At the end of 2021, Rosie and I went traveling to Peru and we wanted to volunteer. We used this website called Worldpackers, which is an amazing website where you can find experiences and volunteering all around the world. And we have the pleasure today to interview Ricardo Lima, who is the co-founder of this amazing company. He shares with us how he decided pretty much 10 years ago to quit his successful financial career to travel the world for three years and then eventually found and start Worldpackers. A very inspiring story and an amazing project, an amazing company that we loved using and and that we will use again in the future. Enjoy. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Rosie. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm really excited about this episode. So, (laughs) a few months ago, we decided, Rosie and I, to go traveling in South America, and we wanted to volunteer. So, we went online looking for volunteering opportunities, and a few websites came up and the one that we picked was Worldpackers. We got a membership to find opportunities in Peru and we actually did our first volunteering experience in Oxapampa, Peru. And I thought, I was very very curious about the platform, so I made some research and that's how I found you on, on Instagram. And I reached out to see if you would record this episode with us because... Um, I think the idea of the platform is amazing, it's brilliant, it's such a cool thing to do. It's a way that is the way I see traveling, it's the way I love traveling, meeting locals and sharing experiences like that. And I was very curious about, you know, how did you come up with this idea and, and, and you brought it to life? Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to hear the story. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the kind words. So. It came from our own experience. I used to be a banker uh, back in my old life, that is about 12 <laughs> years ago. Uh, and I was totally unhappy with everything besides money there. So money was good, everything else was crap. Mm. So the way people were treating each other, the way uh, things were done, mostly for, for profit and for self-benefit and, uh, and nothing against for those who who are there but it was just not my thing just keep running running and making uh, rich people richer <laughs> so i quit it uh and with the money that i was very uh, happy and feel very grateful for for everyone uh w- when i was in banking i traveled for three years mm-hmm. uh, i started in africa then went to uh, europe and then asia most of the time like about a year in africa a year in asia wow. And that was amazing. It was a very transformative experience. How was that? My first... How was a welcome in your family to quit a successful, I guess, career? You know, you're doing very well in life based on the standard. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going traveling for three years. Fuck everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't know how, for how long I'd be traveling, but my dad was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom was like, "Oh, just if you're happy, whatever makes you happy." Mm. And so she raised me with a lot of freedom, and he raised me with a lot of responsibility. Mm. So in this sense, uh, I was disappointed and she was, yeah, follow your, your dreams and stuff. And many, many my friends didn't believe I was, I was doing that. So they, were, they thought I was just going some other job yeah. and stuff. And I didn't even know for how long I'd be traveling. And it ended up being, being three years. And we just, I just stopped because we started Wordpackers and things started to, to happen. But I, I would get there. But then uh, in this trip, I think first time I got in in touch with what was volunteering was in Anglet in in France mm. near Biarritz 
I was living there for like two months in an albergue jeunesse, so like a hostel. And the people from the reception, they were teaching French uh, for some people there. So there was an exchange right. there. So that was the first time I, I got in touch with that. Then I met some people from Israel, mm -hmm. and they were telling me about kibbutz, where a place where you uh, work for the community. Mm -hmm. And a few months later, I was in India. I spent like four months in India. I was in Hishkesh, and I stayed in an ashram mm -hmm. where people were helping in exchange for the accommodation right. there. So for, for the spiritual teachings and stuff. So I think this this is worth, this was forming in me some somehow. And finally, when I was in San Diego, in the third year of this trip, I, I, I went to volunteer for a hostel there. And I part, ended up partnering with the manager, Eric, and he's my co-founder at WordPackers. So this hostel was, at that time, the best-ranked one in the mm -hmm. U.S., yeah, ITH Hostel, International Travelers House. And they had an operation, 100% volunteered base. So everyone there was a volunteer, wow. from receptionist to housekeeper to people who wrote blogs and take photos and stuff. So they were very successful in that. And I've been in many hostels in my life and they were not. So initially we started in hostels. Uh, so we started sending messages to hostels that I have been, uh, if they, how they use volunteers and to learn, to get information. In which year that was? That was the very, second. Yeah. In, in which year was that? Ah, that was 2013. Okay, 13. so nine years yeah. ago. Yeah, we launched WordPackers in February 2014, uh, but I arrived in, in San Diego in July uh, 2013. And in the very beginning, Eric and I, we connected very, very well. And he was also, look, he was there in San Diego for like four years and he wanted to to travel more and to, to experience different mm -hmm. things. And I think this entrepreneur uh, calling somehow, but I didn't know it would become a startup or whatever. We were just... We're just doing for yeah. fun. So in the beginning, we built a whole website in Excel spreadsheets. Like I was an economist. Uh, he was an accountant. So we didn't know anything <laughs> but Excel. So we did this, uh, hired what we could afford. So it was a programmer from India that we found on, on Tim Ferriss' book, uh, Four oh, Hour yeah. Work Week. So <laughs> that was what uh, made us all. Oh, we can outsource and stuff. So that was in in end of 2013 and then we launched a very simple very uh, very very simple website in february 2014 uh, went back to brazil because we we had more connections there here in case and my brother would get married so came back to brazil launched it and it was a a big hit in brazil initially um, and then from that point on, things started to grow very fast. And then almost eight years later, here, here we are. <laughs> um, when you decided to go traveling, you didn't know how long you were going for, but did you have in mind that you wanted to become an entrepreneur and create something or, or it was just, let's see what happened? Yeah, no, I had like a list of dreams. Uh, there was like going to India, and there was being an uh, entrepreneur was there, but I didn't know any wha what would be mm -hmm. or, or when. So there wasn't this, this, this feeling. There was this idea in the initial uh, plan from Tim Ferriss' book to create a muse, something that gives you passive income. But in the beginning, the website was free. So we didn't, char we didn't make any money for like a year or so. Everything was free. We were learning and the website went down and, <laughs> and we were learning 
what what to do so yeah i didn't expect what was about to mm. come i was really following what i my instinct or my dream and was really traveling like i i really wanted like experiment total freedom and how did you find the first hosts at the beginning how did you convince them <laughs> in a sense yeah so the beginning was the host that i had been in my oh. trips so during these three years i'd been to many and before that like the hosts initially hostels so we learned a lot especially eric from this operation in mm -hmm. san diego so the idea was to get those learnings so we created many ways to pass those learnings because many properties they used volunteers but they didn't want to use anymore because they believe volunteers were lazy mm. they couldn't count on volunteers and many many that so we had to train them and in initially show trust for those that i knew and that eric knew so we initially started with a few hostels and then those people our friends initially we, were, we created a facebook uh, at that time page and then people were sending ah, i want to go to that place and we were manually doing all the applications mm. with no charge to to see what what has happened what what would happen yeah. so many people started to apply to apply to apply and then some hosts started to to join organically but in the beginning was those that we knew already mm. so at the beginning you started with your network and and i guess you focused on in in brazil uh, did you have everything in available worldwide or you're just focusing on south america and especially brazil yeah, the hosts were worldwide so i've been to all those yeah. places and uh the website was in english we, we started in english in san diego the initial traction was more in brazil be mostly because of spontaneous pr mm. so we appeared in a, in a lot of media channels mm. uh for free so that gave us a lot of uh people to know the website and with more people it was easier to find more yeah. hosts so it's a marketplace so that was how we could and we were lucky because in that, that time Facebook was uh, spreading a lot of the content. Yeah. So there, if you post something, they would share to a lot of people eight years ago. Uh, you wouldn't need to pay or anything. Yeah. The content was good. And, and there was something new. People were like, oh, traveling cheaper, traveling for free, traveling, volunteering. So it spread out. And those PR from blogs and uh, media channels in Brazil started to reverberate to other countries as well. So spontaneous PR was mostly how we grew so we won some awards in, in Brazil so from this initial success in Brazil we started growing more to Latin America Argentina and Peru and Colombia and Chile so that was uh, but our website was in English for all this mm. time then we translated to English and Portuguese about three four years ago mm. yeah. so if this started eight years ago how do you know how many volunteers you've had over the eight last eight years and also how many like programs or hosts, hosts you've got at the moment mm -hmm. yeah we have about seven thousand uh, hosts uh -huh. so initially it was hostels but now mostly are uh eco farms uh ngos uh homestays mm. so there's a um, diversity of of properties uh and total signed ups we have three million people that are signed up in the website but tra that actually traveled is about a hundred uh, thousand mm. people actually that travel that we know in the because in the beginning we didn't have uh, much control or data <laughs> <Yeah>. or tracking <laughs> so we didn't have the technology to to track but 
about like right from our tracking and our estimates about a hundred thousand that's kind of crazy that must be amazing to think oh my gosh we helped all these people have these really incredible experiences yeah when when we stopped to to think uh, and now we had our end of the year retreat mm -hmm. that we do in the company and that was it's very nice to to remember and to to feel and to share that but in the day day to day we we're working there and so many things to do uh so we we rarely stop to to really think through that. It's just like we're doing, and and we're still in that moment. We're doing, 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 whatever wh what we believe and what we 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 all believe that is is the best for the community, for the company, for the people who work there. And and, and there's still so many people that don't know about volunteering, don't know yeah. about workbackers. So still in the very early early days still. I wonder how did you, because you said at the beginning it was all free. You're not making any money. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Did you start with the same business business model that you have now, uh, or it's been evolving uh, through the years? Yeah, the the beginning we were charging a, on a paper trip oh, okay. basis. So depend of the place, depend of the host, we we're charging different things from let's say twenty to eighty dollars per trip. Mm -hmm. But it was very hard to track because from one side, uh, from the traveler's perspective, it's like a travel website. From the host perspective, it's a recruitment website. So there is a matchmaking involved there. So to charge on a per deal basis was very hard because maybe the traveler wanted, but the host no, mm. or the host wanted, but the dates didn't. So it was, was a mess. So we changed the business model to membership about about four, four years ago uh, because with the membership, we can add stuff. Like we have the academy, we have about a thousand online classes there. So we can add stuff on the membership so the plan is to keep adding value through the membership and people to have access to a variety of experience for a year so especially because many people are either digital nomads who keep traveling mm -hmm. and volunteering along the way or people on a sabbatical or people who do that as a vacation or during uh, either work or, or school vacation for a period so depend of the kind of of user people who mm. what they want many people are first-time travelers so they want more things from the academy yeah. some people are very seasoned travelers they just want to the the host there so now we are in a moment that we have volume to to actually um have different products for for people i think that was the good thing about the website and why we went with yours was because there was kind of everything you can work in a hostel as bar staff or you can work on a farm and help with you know general maintenance of the farm or you can work in a school or we went and did photography which is perfect for us and I think it's the it's a great place where you can go and find kind of anything that you want to do in kind of anywhere in the world as well so it was really kind of I don't know I feel like anybody could go on that website and find something they want to do whether it's you know and also it also kind of varies with how much work you have to do per week and how much food you get per, you know, per stay. And I don't know, I think the way it's laid out and everything's so amazing, but also the fact that you can do so many different things in so many different places. And I think there's something for everyone. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we focus on the platform, like on the tech side, both the, 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 the website and the apps, uh, the filters in a way you can yeah. find, like let's say, well, you want mountains or you want to surf or you want vegetarian, you can like filter. Um, we invested a lot in the operations to guarantee that the hosts are actually there. The hosts are actually, their information is actually accurate. So 
There's many, many volunteer websites yeah. nowadays, and, and that's growing. There will be even more, but mostly are just a database of stuff. So it's like self-service as we are, but with no guarantees of uh, engagement from the host side, because the hosts are the, the, most of the hosts are in in many platforms. So they lack the incentives for the host to be there or the value. The UX in the platform or the app to be easier to use. And some uh, things that we, we have, like insurance, if there is any problem, mm -hmm. uh, support team ready to answer. That's why I have, uh, we we're talking before recording, like about 50 people, mostly on operations, like support mm -hmm. and customer success management to really interact with hosts and the people who are on the travel to, to be there for them. Yeah, yeah uh, I was going to mention, this is the reason we actually picked Wordpackers. As you said, when you type volunteering, listing online you have many websites listing things but actually i felt uh, that i could trust the platform with yours because you know in your guidelines you say that all the hosts are screened and verified and stuff like that so you you know you're not going to end up you know somewhere weird and <laughs> and be in trouble um and the ux also was very good very easy to use i like the review system that, you know, people leave a review and both people, the host and the guest have to leave a review with it a certain time and positive and negative reviews are displayed. So you can actually see the truth about the the people there because, you know, it's not easy when you decide to go to the other side of the world, when you don't speak the language, you, you, you might stay for three weeks somewhere that you don't know, like you need a certain level of trust to feel safe to go there. Otherwise no one is going to do it. So that's what made us pick your website is because I I felt I could trust th the system and the platform and I would be safe over there, you know? Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's about most is about yeah. trust, trust and reputation. But it's a community, right? So the host, they don't pay anything to be there. So we make sure that they are, they, their, their position is accurate in a sense of most of our job is to align expectations because there's so many host so many travelers like it's really on the on the tech side to align expectations mm -hmm. to guarantee that w there is w what we're going to do is what we expect to do and we're going to do what the other person expected to do that sounds simple <laughs> but when you think about their their the array of experiences and countries and people and hosts this is complex so that that took us time to to build mm. how did you this one thing, you know, like you go traveling, you have this idea, you build a website with a friend and and it's fun. You don't have any like entrepreneurial background and stuff. How, how do you become suddenly the founder and, and, and CEO of a company that's growing and, and hiring more and more employees every time? Like, you know, did you feel did you feel overwhelmed at the beginning? How did you learn everything? Yeah, very overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> I had a burnout in this in this period. Yeah, I was out of the company for a few months. It, for us, it was very intense in the beginning. It was like things started to happen very fast. So 2014, we we're all getting these awards and numbers growing, and we raised money from uh, investors, and then hiring people, office, and then legal paperwork. And for me, it was everything new. So I counted with a lot of help. So many people really helped us and, and still help. And I was studying and learning and we joined a startup incubator. Oh, cool. That was a great learning. We, a third co-founder joined us, João, who is 
they're responsible for the technology. So we had, we had another partner. We we're hiring great people and we're learning along the way. But my burnout coming from like working long hours until I realized that I really need to use my leverage. So where am I good at and hire people where I'm not good mm. at instead of trying to do yeah, everything. Delegating. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of learnings along the way. I went, I moved to California. I lived for two years in Silicon Valley yeah. and I learned a lot there as well. And since the pandemic started, we, we went almost broke. <laughs> the company went from, uh, we, we stayed with eight people in the pandemic and then we we're hiring again after pandemic. And now we're in our all time high January, January is going to be our best month by far. Oh, wow. So, but it was a, a big roller coaster mm. of emotions and, and adventures and risks and everything in between. I can imagine. Yeah. So I learned, I learned by experience, yeah. I would say. <laughs> I am learning. <laughs> yeah. It, it must have been very scary at the beginning of COVID two years ago when, when you saw the travel industry shutting down and, and, and people not going anywhere. Um, it's amazing that, I mean, you, you managed to survive, but it's crazy that this month is going to be your best month ever. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy to think it's crazy to, because like a year ago we were like, uh, so what do you do? Like, we didn't make, we cut our, our payments, like the co-founders, we, we weren't making any money during the pandemic. So we were just surviving mode. We were answering tickets and we went back to early yeah. stage. So we did that before. So we said that we'll do it again. So we won't give up. Uh, yeah. But we were re rewarded, I'd say, by this. Because many the companies who survived, many, many didn't. Uh, the brand got stronger. The culture of the company got stronger. It's cheaper because we don't have an office anymore. And we don't have like many of the uh, costs that we used to have that, that we realized that we didn't need. <laughs> Uh, tools and stuff so stronger culture uh, stronger bal balance sheet more learning for us more alignment between the team and we launched new products like the academy we launched it in the during the pandemic uh, then we launched the beach cleanups so another product that we have initially in, in latin america but we we do beach cleanups with volunteers uh, and we are launching new products now so more, uh, some specific kinds of travels. So kind of, a you can go to a host, like, a don't need to only volunteer. So there's part volunteering part staying. So it's like a higher end product. So it's more expensive, but more convenient for, for those who want. And yeah, we're, we're launching different tiers of membership. So eventually we got more, more mature, but it was very, very tough there. But at the same time we had been to big uh like in the beginning we didn't make any money and we we're having fun and then in the pandemic again so said it's the same as before <laughs> guys so we really enjoy it that's the thing about purpose we all we all travelers there most of the people there i think now maybe 80 percent of the team were word packers before mm. so oh. they were travelers before joined joining besides tech team uh, mostly are are were volunteers somehow so it's really a community so people really love each other and and our slack channels is more <laughs> is more fun than anything <laughs> what i find amazing also is that the platform is free for the hosts um and for the guests like us i think it's extremely cheap <laughs> ridiculously cheap i was wondering actually how you're making money to be honest when, when i signed up because mm -hmm. we got the couple membership 
which was I think $49 for one year. And from there, you can volunteer as much as you want. You have access to the entire listing and you can apply as many times as you want and everything. Um, mm -hmm. So you actually make it also super affordable for people to to join and, and participate, which is amazing because you're not leaving anyone behind with that. Yeah, it's, it's part of our mission to really democratize meaningful experiences. Uh, in the past, some investors refused to invest in us because they just they want more us to profit. Yeah. And uh -huh. we, considering the amount of users and traffic, we have like about about a million new uh, unique visitors a month, wow. like visitors that we could charge in different ways and monetize different ways. But for us, it's, uh, we can make more money in the future. But right now, we really need to grow the community mm -hmm. and to serve the community. Still, people don't travel this way. Like still, yeah. if you ask your friends and people, it's very niche, you know? We do right now about, this month, we're gonna do about 4,000 4, 4, trips. So give or take about 4,000. Yeah. So it's still very yeah, it's small very compared niche, to the, you know? it's in still the whole very industry. Small, yeah. Yeah. So we can pay the bills, we can hire them and pay people. We don't make profits like the companies mm -hmm. break even. What, whatever comes, we invest more. Uh, I think it's a new kind of companies that are, are appearing in the world like this. Our big reference is Patagonia. So companies who are really worried about the environment, the people, and not just profits. I think in, in the future that will pay off in terms of everything. But so many people see money as the only uh, variable in the equation. So if I believe that, I would be still in banking. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, it's, it's how most people measure success for individuals and also for company. Uh, a successful company is a company that makes a lot of zero. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. That's how we measure the, the success of company. No, it, it, sadly, it's not about are the employees happy? Or are you doing something good for the people, for your clients, or for the community, or whatever? Now, this is not very often looked. But I agree with you. I think th things are changing. Um, mm. People are realizing more and more that money is important, but it's not the most important thing in the world. And and also, there's a way to make money and be a good human being. Like, it's not one mm. or the other. It can be and. It can be both. And... Mm you might need to be a little bit more patient. It might take a bit longer to to achieve, but it's not impossible, for sure. Yeah, we did. in the past we did, for example, ads. So Facebook ads, Google ads. Now we don't, we don't do ads anymore. We invest in the community. So we have our WordPackers programs that you can be a blogger, you can write for WordPackers. We have 150 bloggers now, and we buy the content and we do SEO, uh, we create SEO. We have scouts, people who find new hosts and approve new hosts. We have gurus, people who answer. We have, so we have different programs. So our market, we invest in the community. So this, we don't give money to Mark Zuckerberg. Or <laughs> we just give it to the, back to the community. So last year, we invested more than a million in the community. Wow. So the money just goes to the people who are. And then we grow more yeah. with that, you know? So it makes a lot of sense for it's us. It's a win-win for everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you're making enough to pay your bills and everything. People using the platform get rewarded. They get to experience new things and and that's attracting more people. It's Everyone's happy with that. And the, com and the community gets stronger. Yeah. So it's, for, for us, the authenticity of the community is 
is essential. So companies like Couchsurfing, for example, went to a very successful community to, I think younger people don't even know Couchsurfing. No. I used I used a lot. So for me, it was very fun. <laughs> but they just lost the sense of community. Uh, Airbnb, they had a good sense of community, but just became too big. So it just became like huge. So for us, keeping the heart of the community, like authentic, true, uh, is essential. That's what always grew us, what always moved us, and what we believe will take us to more mainstream. Because now it's still very, let's say, alternative. Mm. People people don't believe either because of the price that, that is safe or fun or true. Or they say, I don't want to work when I'm, I'm traveling. Or just their friends don't use. Actually, I'd like to ask you guys, why, why don't you think more people or your friends, what are the, the main reasons why they don't they don't travel into i think it's because they don't know like when we told friends we were going traveling they were like oh okay i hope we got lots of money saved up and it was like i mean we've got you know money for flights and hotels and things yes but we also want to do it a cheap way for a start so that we're not spending all of our savings on traveling and also so that we can actually experience like real life and visit real people in their real homes and kind of see more of the culture but I think it's honestly because people don't know about it and when we kind of told people they're like holy shit you can do that for free and I was like yeah here's the website so I think it's more about people just not realizing because I was going to mention before quite often when you search volunteering projects online it's often like two thousand dollars for a week and it's mm -hmm. like you know only a certain amount of people can afford two thousand dollars for a week for a volunteering project where it's like you know, in school holidays, whereas $50 for a year to then go anywhere with anyone is way more affordable and attainable for a lot more people. Um, so yeah, for me, I think it was just people not really like knowing about it, I guess. I think it's also the way people travel. Uh, I think the vast majority of people in the world, they travel during the vacation. Mm. And, you know, if people only have two or three weeks off in one year and they work on the other time, I think they don't want to work in, in all, all the places and everything. I think the, the, a platform like that is more suited for digital nomad, for people taking a gap year, for people traveling for a longer period of time. I think if you only travel for one week, um, I could understand that people want to actually have a vacation and, and have a break and, yeah. and just chill. Mm -hmm. So that's something I couldn't understand. But I think COVID has been bad for a lot of things, but it's it's been a great thing for uh, making remote work more normal and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people realize that they don't need to go to the office every day. A lot of companies realize they don't need an office uh, and you can just work from whatever you want. And suddenly when traveling becomes more normal, and longer then those kind of experiences are perfect because you can actually discover a culture. When we arrived in Peru, we went to an Airbnb and most of the time, the reason I like to stay in Airbnb is because we can stay with people. So we can chat, talk, discover local things and etc. Sadly, a lot of people now buy a place and put it on Airbnb and you don't live with a host anymore. It's just another kind of hotel. So you lose this human touch. This is why I think, well, this is why we decided to do volunteering is because we can reconnect and have this human touch. And the two and a half weeks we spend 
in the jungle with Bresley in Oxapampa was amazing, being 24-7 with this woman and learning about the food, about the place, about the culture, about everything going on in the country. That was way more valuable. I I'd rather do that and go to Machu Picchu, you know, like this is better than taking a picture to post on Instagram. Um, this is a way better experience for me. And yeah, I think, I think it's the future of traveling, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a shift. There's a shift. People are looking more for experiences, yeah. like Airbnb started with Airbnb yeah. experiences because of that as well. So th there is a shift for experience uh, and authenticity. I feel like people are just getting tired of, uh, you go to some places, very touristic places. Now they are very crowded. There are lines of people for taking a picture in special <laughs> places. You don't even meet yeah. a local. For some people, it will be like that. They want to stay in five-star hotels and, and just rest, and that's fine. But for many people who want to have experiences and don't have access or don't have uh, a lot of money to do these uh, very expensive volunteer trips, I think we're there to, to serve. Yeah. And, and now that's where we're starting to, to see this shift of, coming in terms of growth and people coming and getting to know us and applying, subscribing new hosts and new travelers. So that's why I believe we're in this in the best month in, in our history too. And I think also a platform like yours is going to have a massive impact on tourism because you're going to bring tourists in places where they're not usually going. Uh, we went volunteering in Oxapampa, Peru, that wasn't on a lonely planet. We didn't find this place. It wasn't listed. It wasn't recommended. Uh, the only reason we went to this part of the country is because we found the volunteering experience on, on the website. And and I think this is going to bring yeah people to go off track, you know, and to actually go to know the real country and you know avoid just the touristy spot. So I think that's great also for discovering unique places yeah now with the internet in many places right like soon with this Starlink, everyone yeah. will, will have internet but internet access also changed everything like when you start many the hosts wouldn't even answer yeah. because they didn't have internet <laughs> just when when they went to city so it's changing yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. i i know that the last two years have been very complicated but i mean 2022 is starting amazingly as you said for you um where would you like to take the company? What do you see for the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're starting to think about the future again in the yeah. last few <laughs> two years. We were thinking about two, like three months was long term for us, mm -hmm. but now we're starting to plan again and to be able to, oh, okay, look, let's see what, what, where we can get to. So for us, it's about impact and impacting more people and then reach new destinations, new people to travel. Uh, new generations of travelers in the beginning was like young younger people and now we're seeing people more in the 30s their 40s six, there's people in the 70s mm. so not the those just backpackers 18 years old wanting to travel for free in the beginning was kind of mm. that's how we started but now we're much more focused on transformation and how can we really offer experience of transformation so that's a, a lot of uh, holistic centers are coming in indigenous communities so we are curating uh, new kinds of hosts. So for us, it's really about transformation and impact. And since we're still on a very small scale, there's still a lot more people for us to impact in the current uh, mm. model until we offer 
as I was telling this more premium experiences in a sense of like for, in your case, the host really depended on you. So we were volunteering yeah. there, but many people don't want in their vacation to have someone depending on them, but they don't want to pay also $3,000 for, for something. So we're trying to find uh, what's this middle ground where you can have volunteer for two days, but the host won't depend mm -hmm. on you. You pay more because we're going to part of the money goes to the, to the host. But we can guarantee kind of an authentic and real experience as you had without the person have to to do so mm -hmm. many. Maybe we help with air tickets or whatever. So we're trying to make it more convenient for this, let's say, a lot of people who don't who don't either go to website and don't believe or don't want to do everything. So they, play, they prefer paying more for more convenient. So that's kind of uh, what we're looking right now. But it's still a lot of, a lot to to grow in, in the markets we are in. Yeah, because um, I'm not sure about the number, but I remember when I was just browsing on a website, I feel more than 50% of your host seems to be in South America, no? Like a lot of them seems to be in South America. Yeah, mostly Latin America, most Latin America. Uh, right now, our new hirings are all in Europe. Mm. So Europe is a place where we're growing more. US, so US and Europe, yeah. Uh, we have many things also in Southeast Asia, mm. like Indonesia, Thailand. So mostly I would say in Central and South America and Southeast Asia, mostly of, of where our, our hosts are, maybe 50, 60%. Mm. And then we have in Europe and US, but that's our main focus to bring more hosts in these regions. Because in the beginning we focus in, in regions where, uh, there's people, well, there was great experience and people are not going there. Oh. So, but right now that we already have those places, we're going to mainstream where people are used already to this kind of experience. So it's just a matter of uh, reaching out to them. And now we have a more robust platform. We have the numbers of people because these people, they receive a lot of applications. Mm -hmm. So you go, you put a, a place in London or in Paris, it's 15 people within one hour, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're creating more filters people are still used to travel through destination choice. Mm. Like you guys did a, an experience. You're not focused on the destination or focused on experience. That's not how most of the people travel. So for us to reach more people, we need to connect more on what people are wanting. And that means destinations. And that means of business models too. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel also the, the way people travel is obviously affected by covid um like I, I think a lot of people now are scared to go far so they might stay around so you know people from france might be traveling only to spain and portugal and italy because it's nearby and and it's less risk quote unquote according to to people um so i feel yeah the fact that you're focusing in europe might be a very good opportunity for growth for you because European might be traveling more and more in Europe than going to the US or to Asia or whatever, whatever they might be going before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Like in the US, for example, many people go to Mexico. So we have oh, many, yeah. many places in Mexico. And in Europe, we're thinking maybe because those uh, very, the main markets, like uh, let's say, or, or France or Spain, these, the host, they already found a way. So either they, they have local people or they, the people apply to them. But once you go to, let's say, Morocco, that is nearby, or uh, Ukraine, uh, let's say, like, or Bulgaria, like places in, in these 
not far, but those hosts, they need more help, let's say like that. So the way we started growing, like we started in the US through Mexico, and then we go to, then the users know about us and they naturally, we grow in that place because people come back and they tell mm -hmm. their friends, their family, their the properties around. So that's usually how we grew. So going to from beachheads to beach, to beachheads markets. I think also that that's like a long-term plan, but now that we experienced the volunteering from the guest side, I could see that one day, you know, if we have a house and we live somewhere, we could switch to the host side and have people coming volunteering in our place. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. obviously going to take longer <laughs> for, for you, but I think that's also a way to keep people involved in the community. Maybe I don't want to travel anymore, so I'm going to have the travelers coming to me. Yeah, I do that here yeah. in my place, so my place is there. But we don't, we didn't find ways to guarantee uh, safety, so that's why we have very few of those positions. Many websites they have many, but if you for us it's really we saw what happened to uh, other websites. So especially regarding safety, you go to a house of someone like the properties we know them, we find them online, we check them. Someone, but a house is risky. Mm -hmm. So what we do, like we get documents, we get recommendations, we talk to people. So the ones that we have, like, for example, uh, we either knew, know people personally or we've been there. Or, so that's that that's one way. So to keep yeah. safety, yeah. So it's possible uh, for those who really want to do like you re really want to do. We can talk and, and arrange that, but we don't do that on, on scale. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, yeah. It's amazing that, you know, what started as, like I said before, like a, I'm going traveling, oh, let's try to start this project and look at that, like eight or nine years later, uh, you have an amazing company helping thousands of people around the world. You have a real impact on on communities and stuff like that. You probably survived the biggest crisis that we're going to experience in our lifetime. So you should be safe now. Um, it's been a hell of a roller coaster, I'm sure, <laughs> emotionally and, and, and everything. But like you said, you, you might not take time very often to look back and appreciate what you created. But I mean, it's, it's amazing what you're doing and what you're creating and yeah, like really, we, we loved our experience. So really thank you for having creating that because it's, I think it's amazing to be honest. Mm, thank you. And, and it's by a lot of great people there. So people who really help and invest their soul in that in from early days, nowadays. So people from the inside, from the community. So it's really, um, I'm, I'm very thankful and grateful for your words. And I just want to recognize that I'm uh, just a small part <laughs> of that. So there's <laughs> a lot of people who are who are very involved and and are are a big part of that. So especially moments that for me, as I said, on with burnout and having uh, emotional hard times, people really hold on and and stay there and really because purpose. What I learned on this journey is that purpose moves everything. Purpose, it's, they say, uh, strategy, it's whatever, and breakfast. For me, it's purpose, what really yeah. matters, you know? So purpose, like having people with really there 
because they believed that they had been there, they were transformed and they were transformed more people. So it's a movement, it's mm. just a movement. So it's just bigger than me, bigger than everyone. And it, it just keeps growing. And for me, it's just a pleasure to, to be part and to watch and to, and I enjoy, I enjoy being, being part there of and doing what I'm doing. Like before I was doing, trying to do everything. And now I try to, okay, what am I good at? Mm. What, what I'm not the best someone, it's better someone <laughs> do it, you know? So I, they will do better than me and I won't uh, burn myself out. So now, especially now with a kid for me, I really value uh, my family time, my, fa my time uh, in nature. So, and having people there to hold uh, word packers and to keep this culture of innovation, of sustainability, of fulfillment, of purpose it's beautiful yeah so something i like to ask people who are into traveling is where would you say is one of your favorite places you've ever been to and where is somewhere you have still yet to go that you would love to go to yes yeah, so my the one place that really touched my heart and still when i remember still is this this answer is uganda mm. in africa uh, i spent about two months there it was beautiful uh very uh people very receptive amazing nature great food to have great friends there so not as visited as let's say tanzania and mm. kenya that are nearby uh i loved it and i really want to go uh, right now the answer would be japan yeah so japan is never been and really want to go that's also high on my list i would love to go there <laughs> <laughs> at some point we'll get there <laughs> there are many word packers in oh, japan take a look okay i'll be <laughs> yeah. looking this evening a, a sushi making experience yeah. <laughs> there are some great ones there are some ones that i look there okay now i have to see if they accept babies yeah right? <laughs> That's a good point. i'm sure they'd let you in don't worry <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you you mentioned uganda before because africa is a massive continent with I don't even know how many countries, like 40 or 50 countries, I think. Um, and we still have this image of Africa, I think, being very poor and unsafe and dangerous and, and everything mm -hmm. for travelers. And uh, a, a platform like yours also, if, if you can provide and list experiences in Africa, that's probably going to bring more and more people to this country to see the beauty of the country and well, the continent, mm -hmm. all the countries and everything. Yeah, we do have some great experience in Africa, but many people go to Africa through some of those $3,000 yeah. programs yeah. <laughs> uh, because people are afraid of yeah. safety. Uh, I'm from Sao Paulo, a uh, <laughs> huge city, dangerous in many ways. So when I travel even to like Africa or space, I go, oh, okay, I had seen more, yeah. you know, like in <laughs> some areas of Sao Paulo. So uh, being from a big city that are considering dangerous in many aspects, and, it, and it's not, it's like, for me, it's really about common sense. Even Sao Paulo or Africa or anywhere in Latin America that you are, it's really about, com you've been to Peru, many many people say, oh, that's very dangerous, mm. very risk. It's really about uh, common sense. So take ask locals. And that's why with Wordpackers, there is a place for you to ask the the owner, the, the host, the, so the people around, is it safe? Should I go out in the night? Should I go to this neighborhood? It's really about about that because... I have, I have friends who were robbed in New York and yeah. London. So even in places where uh, Japan, I think, is very yeah. safe. Yeah, but it's it's Africa is really about about that. The same. Ask the mm -hmm. locals. Yeah. 
So I've got one last question for you. Uh, it's a question we ask everyone before we close the episode. If you could have a conversation with anyone dead or alive that you think is the most interesting person uh, for you, who would you pick and why? Could be anyone, doesn't have to be famous, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right now would be a guy called Ailton Krenak. So he's an indigenous from Brazil. He's right, K-R-E-N-A-K. So he wrote what's called, I found amazing the name, is Ideas to Postpone the End of the World. <laughs> so it's really about protecting nature and, and the original people like indigenous. So it's like a philosopher. He, he was, he's not well known in Brazil, but he's, he's uh, from the indigenous people, he's well known because he went to Congress and then he painted as an indigenous and he gave the first speech, uh, one of the first speech to address Congress about the risks of destroying nature and on climate change and everything that is happening. That was 30 years ago and things are happening at a faster and faster pace. Thank you so much, Rick. We absolutely love this conversation. If you would like to follow Rick on Instagram, it's Rick Lima. So R-I-Q-L-I-M-A. You can also follow World Packers on Instagram, or you can go ahead and go to worldpackers.com to book in your next volunteering opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Bye. <laughs>